Hey RCC family, welcome to RCC at home. We're so glad that you have hopped on to check us out in this way. My name is Danny. And my name is Natasha. If you're new here and checking us out, hit that subscribe button and the little like, oh, and the little Ooh, bell, bell. Yeah, <laughs> to, be, to be notified when new videos are released here. RCC at home is just specifically designed for you to have the best at home experience. Absolutely, today is our second week of our identity theft series. I'm super excited for the message today. Uh, if you are new here, here's what you can expect. A message from one of our pastors. Yep. Also head over to <laughs> rccsunday.com and fill out a red card. It's the easiest way for you to connect with us as a staff. Have a great day. Hi there, welcome to RCC at Home. My name is Mike and I'm one of the pastors at RCC and I'm happy that you joined me today for this sermon. This is actually week two of our Identity Theft series. And in this new series, what we're doing is we're exploring the Bible to see how God can help us restore our true identities that we can find in Him. Now last week, Pastor Erica taught and she taught about how, how we can be mugged by our own mirrors. And she talked about what, what God says we should do about that. Today, I'm going to talk about how we can be robbed in our lives by relationships. And then again, we're going to look at what God says about that, how we can reorient the way we think about our relationships to be more in line with what he says about himself and what he says about us and our relationships. Now, as I get going, I want to start by talking about this toy today. Maybe you recognize it. This is a, this is a Tupperware toy, believe it or not. And it was first made like in 1965 or 66, somewhere around there. And it was, it was a really popular toy. It still exists. Um, if, if you recognize it, um, you might be old. Sorry. Um, but I had this toy as a kid. Uh, I think the same one I had was saved and, and my kids played with it. And uh, the idea of the toy, if you don't know about it, is you have these shapes and you got to fit the, the right shape in the right hole. There's the right hole for each shape. So like circle goes in the circle spot. The, the plus sign goes, goes in there. And my kids were, were good at it as little kids. Um, they're they're kind of smart like their mother. They got that from her. They're smart about those kind of things, and they could do it really quickly. And the part they got from me was if, if, if a piece didn't fit, they would try to chew on it and jam it in somewhere to make it fit. That, that's the part they got from me. But it was fun. We'd have little races who could do it the fastest and stuff. It was a big-time toy. The reason I say that today, the reason I bring this old toy out is because as adults, we do the same thing. When we try to make things fit where they were never intended to fit. It's like we chew on it and try to force it in, just like little kids do sometimes, and it just doesn't fit. Now, there's a reason I'm talking about all this today. It's because a quick summary of the Bible could be given by saying that God has created us with a hole in our heart. 
and it's a God-shaped hole. It says in Scripture that God has set eternity in our hearts, which would include an awareness of God. We, we know he's there. Everyone knows that there's a supreme being. There's a God somewhere. We want to connect with this God. It's happened all through history. We have this awareness of God, and we have this desire for something beyond just this, that beyond just the physical world that we see every day and that we deal with every day. We all know in our hearts that there's more than this, that there has to be more than this. And people have always known this all the way back in time. If you look back in the Bible, all the way back in the Old Testament, in the book of Ecclesiastes, um, there's this great passage. It says this, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. See, we know. We know in our hearts there's more than this, and we know it from God. He created us that way, except there's a problem. There's a problem. And the problem is this. We often go looking for ways to fill that hole in our heart with the wrong stuff. Even way back in the Old Testament, great people who love God struggled just like we can today with this. There, there's this guy Solomon in, in the Old Testament. He was a, a huge big shot back then. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, he chronicles his attempts to fill this hole in his heart. And, and he tried it all, too. He tried it all. He tried the best food, the best wine, these giant parties, possessions. Holy cow, did Solomon have possessions, real estate, mansions, palaces, park-like gardens. He had it all. And after all that, after trying to jam all those pieces in, th this is what he says. Th this is what he says in Scripture. He says, what a man desires is unfailing love. He tries all of it and realizes all those things are, are never going to fill this, this, this void in his heart. And he thinks that love is what we all desire, what we want more than anything. And don't you kind of just sense that's true? I, I think there's this sense in each of us where we think, maybe if I could just fill up this hole in my heart with, with love or a friendship, that's what I've been looking for. Right? That's what I've been looking for. If I could just, if I could just fill up that loneliness, that's what I've been looking for. And, and, and you know it's true. I mean, there's been so many movies in our culture that are just really love stories, right? And you know the shelves at all the bookstores are sagging with romance novels and love songs? How many love songs have been written through the years, right? So many. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe you know some of these, right? These songs that pledge their devotion like... Um, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough, ain't no river wide enough to... You know it. Keep me away from you, right? You know it. I listen to that and I think, man, I'd get a restraining order, right? Maybe the more appropriate, the more accurate love song could be looking for love in all the wrong places, right? You probably know that one. That's pretty accurate. Or maybe there's another one. Maybe you know it if you're old enough. There's this song. It's, it's by Jay Giles Band. I used to like it when I was a kid. It's Love Blank. Love stinks. That's the song, and it's kind of a funny song. You, you ought to Google it and listen to it for a little bit of fun. And then there's the movies, right? Do you remember, do you remember Jerry Maguire, that, that old movie Jerry Maguire? I'd, li I'd like to quote, do, do some quotes from Jerry Maguire. It's an old movie. It's got Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger. It's, it's a famous movie, and there's some super famous lines in that movie. You're probably thinking of them already. But let's see if you remember what they were. Here's, here's, here's maybe the most famous line. Here it is. Show me the... Money, right? You knew it. Show me the money. And then there's another line. You had me at hello. You knew it. Had me at hello. And then, and then there's this one that, that really s s just stuck with me. 
he, he looks at his wife and he says to her, you complete me. Honestly, I didn't really like the movie that much. I didn't really like it that much. I know a lot of people did, though. So if you did, awesome. But to expect another person to complete you, to expect a relationship or a friendship to fill that hole in your heart, is setting that relationship up for, to, to fail, for failure and to frustrate you. And that expectation is both unfair and unrealistic. Now, do you remember that verse from earlier, just a few moments ago from Solomon? What a man, or it could say woman, in the Bible when you see what a man, it really means man or woman. It's just the, the writing of the time. What a man desires, what a woman desires is unfailing love. To hope for imperfect people, just like you and me, to complete you or to be the perfect friend or to give you unfailing love is setting yourself up for huge disappointments and we can actually lose our God-given identities through unhealthy relationships and friendships like that. Now, as I prepared this sermon, I was reading a lot about identity theft, right? Because that, that's, that's the series we're in. So I've been studying a bit. And actually, there's, there's an ever-growing crime wave in the world involving identity theft. I looked it up and I found one statistic that said in, in 2020, 49 million people were affected by identity theft to the, to the sum of 56 billion dollars 56 billion dollars and and there used to be this this commercial i'd hear it like sometimes and it was it was for um, um lifelock it was for lifelock and they'd have this one million dollar guarantee that they could protect you and i think there was this guy like bobby joe harris or like something like bobby joe harris and they'd be like they got me too and, and they would talk about how he would talk about how his money was stolen and i used to think it was funny until it happened to janet and i uh, a couple of times all of a sudden there's these bills and things coming in on our credit card statements like I didn't know what they were from. And this, the second time was nuts. It was, it was all like online sporting goods. And I'm looking at it going, oh, okay, well, you know, super expensive sporting clothes. Um, I'm like, maybe Janet got it for me. I don't know. I'm seeing the building and I'm not sure. Oh, golf clubs? What? I don't even, she knows I don't golf any. I'm like, what? And then there were these super expensive running shoes. I'm like, she knows that's not me. And then finally it was a kayak. I'm like, come on. I know this isn't me now. Someone's out there thinking that they're me or using my name or my money. And I'm thinking, this dude isn't me. And, and it frustrated me, right? We don't want other people out there living our lives, right? I don't want him being me. What if he's a better me? What if he's having more fun than me? I, I was ticked as much about that as the money. I just didn't want anyone else out there parading around pretending to be me, stealing my identity, identity because I at least wanted to do some of the work, right? Like come and cut the grass or something, man. It's not fair. But when it comes to relationships we're often not so concerned. We actually give up our identity in relationships. Sometimes we'll be whoever we need to be and we end up letting other people lead our lives. Not ourselves, not God, but other people. Why do men and women compromise their values at work? Why do we care so much about what other people think or say about us? Why do we pretend to be someone that we're, we're not at school? Why do we end up in codependent patterns and relationships where we just need to be needed. Why do we spend our lives trying to cram the, the square shape of a relationship with imperfect people into the round hole that's in our heart and allowing our identity to be stolen in the process and letting other people lead our lives? Now, I bet most of you already know that, that if you do that long enough, somewhere along the line, you're going to just get really, really hurt. Hasn't that been true in your experience? Haven't you found that people will eventually hurt you? 
even in healthy relationships and good friendships, people don't possess unfailing love. People, even good people, will let you down. And, and instead of getting hurt by, by placing all of your hope in another person, how about this? Why not place your hope and trust in God? God has a lot to say in the Bible about his unfailing love for us. L listen just to, just to a few of the verses I found, okay? We'll start in Psalm 130. And here's just a few verses about how God loves us. Psalm 130, hope in the Lord, for, the Lord, for, for with the Lord there's unfailing love. Psalm 33, the unfailing love of the, of the Lord fills the earth. Psalm 32, unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Psalm 36, how precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds its shelter in the shadow of your wings. There's just so much in Scripture about how much God loves you. And we long for it. We long for unfailing love, a love that's constant, a love that will not disappoint, a love that's compassionate, a love that's dependable, a love that's, that's unconditional, a love that is perfect. God created you with that desire. You see, deep within our hearts is this God-shaped hole. He created us this way, and this hole is a perfect fit for Jesus. Now, I know, I know you might be sitting there thinking, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard you about this Jesus thing before, Mike. I've heard it all, but I need somebody. I need a perfect friend. I need a perfect relationship. I need somebody in my life because you don't know how lonely I am. And then you expect them to be everything that Jesus is supposed to be for you. That's not what you need. Or that's something someone else is expecting of you. And that's really not what you need either, right? What you need, what I need, what our church needs is exactly what the Christians in the church of Ephesus needed 2,000 years ago. We find it in Scripture. See, in Scripture, the Apostle Paul, he prays for that church, his church, just like I do for you. But this is in Scripture, right? It's way better. So good that, that God saved it in the Bible for us for all of eternity. So let's read it together right now. This is, this is Paul praying for his church in, in Ephesus. It's chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. It's a little bit longer passage, but, but stick with me. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then... Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then, then, you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's a powerful scripture. And there's a word in there I want to talk about just for a second. That word understanding. In the original writing, in Paul's writing, he was writing in Greek. That, that word that was written out was katalambano. And katalambano, if you look it up, it basically means to seize or it's better than just understand. It's like to seize or take hold of, to take over. Kind of like rust. That's the comparison. Kind of like rust takes something over and just gets intertwined in it. Understanding God's love deeply like that is so different. Letting it rust into you is so different than simply reading God's words. And then sort of faking your way through a real and, and deep understanding of them. It reminds me of a time in college 
um, in college, I like to go out a lot. Thursday nights was a big night to go out, and I had this friend I'd always go out with, and his big thing on Thursday nights was, let's go to the library and study first, and then we'll go out after that. I just wanted to go out. Now, let's just go out. Every Thursday, I was like, are we ready? Can we go? Can we go? It's getting late. We're missing everything. Let's go. And he wanted to study. And there was this one night in the library. We're sitting there, and, and he was going over. He was a business major. He was going over like a, some business 101, whatever test that he just sort of bombed. He got like a C minus on the test. And he was talking about how hard business was and it was so much of a harder degree than I had to do. And, and he was kind of whining about it, right? And we're friends. So I was like, basically, he's like, why don't you just shut up? Business isn't that hard. He's like, business is super hard. I'm like, Dude, half the people on campus are business majors. How hard can it be? He's like, well, you take a test. You take a take, come to class once and take a test. I'm like, you know what? I'll take your stupid test right now. So it was, it was a multiple choice test, and they had corrected it in class, so he had all the answers. So he gave me his multiple choice test. I got like a, a, a B minus on it. I got a better grade than he did, and I never even attended the class. Most of it's just common sense, right? If you, if you buy a pencil for 10 cents, would you rather sell it for 20 cents or 30 cents? Hmm, all right, 30 cents, I guess. That's real tough. So for me, it was a lot of common sense stuff, and I did better on it. He thought too much. He, he, it was easy. And you know what? I didn't have a real grasp on the material. I was no business major. I didn't even really want to grasp it. I just wanted to ace his test. And see, the reason I tell you this is this. I think a lot of people approach the Bible or Christianity just like that. They just kind of want to know what's on the test, and then they scan through it. They memorize a prayer or the Ten Commandments or a verse or something, but they never, ever really grasp how wide and how long the love of God really is for them. It never rusted into them. They didn't really change. And they go through life looking for acceptance and security and significance in all the wrong places. And this isn't new to us, right? It's, it's been around forever. It's not new to us in Ripon in 2021. That's why Paul prayed that prayer for the church in Ephesus. And that's why it's so important for us, for us to also grasp how high and how weak, how wide and how deep and how long God's love truly is for us. That it could eat into us and through us, his love could just like rust. That his love would capture our heart. That, that we are treasured, that we'd understand that we're treasured by God. Because that's how you find your true identity. When it, when it comes to your relationships or friendships, you have to start with God through Jesus. When you believe in Jesus, God says you're part of his family. You have access as his child to his unfailing love. You don't need to look to your friends or to your spouse to complete you. You will never experience the joy that can come from those relationships if that's your expectation. It'll never be right because Jesus completes you. He's the only fit for, for that God-shaped hole in your heart. That's why he came to earth. To, to show you that with his, his sacrifice for you and, and for me, that, that fit that you keep trying to jam things in and, and find and force into your life to, to fill that void. The fit, the beginning is God through Jesus. That, that's what fits. That's what fills that, that longing that you have. Don't run from, from that. Instead, grasp it. Hold on to that. Embrace it. Because once you really grasp that, once that, that rusts into you, other relationships begin to make a lot more sense. And you will never lose your identity or be robbed by another relationship again. Now, as I finish today, I hope this has been an encouragement to you to, to pursue God and to pursue Jesus with all of your heart and let them fill your heart, not someone else. And that's what I'm going to pray for you right now as I close. I'm going to pray similar to Paul. I'm going to pray for you like he prayed for the church in Ephesus. If you'd like that, 
just close your eyes right now and, and let me ask God to bless you in this way. Dear Lord, for each person listening right now, I ask you to help them understand that you are what they need more than anything else. Lord, help them understand that you can fill the hole in their heart. You can fulfill them. You can complete them. God, help them to understand how much Jesus loves them and his sacrifice for them. And Lord, help them embrace that to such a degree that they are changed by the power of your love. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9.6 says that God loves a cheerful giver. It goes on to say that when you are generous with others, he will be generous with you. When we look at all that God has given us like it's, like it's a gift, it, it changes the way we see what we have. It can actually then be a joy to give it back to him because we're grateful for what he's given to us. You also need to know that when you're generous with your finances here at RCC, you're not only honoring God, but you're also helping to support the mission and ministries of RCC. The easiest way for you to give would be to simply visit rccsunday.com. From, from there, you can set up a reoccurring gift. It can be weekly or monthly. It can be through your bank account or a debit card or a credit card. Also, feel free to drop off a check at our downtown location at 155 State Street. There's a mail slot in the front entrance and you can drop it off right there. Keep up the awesome work and remember to be the church this week.